I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's time for headlines. We've got Tech Talk on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Foreman. Let's dive into the juice. And we will start with some Texas Tech football news, Gus. Um, we got uh, about 4.30, I believe. Uh, I think Don Williams had it first. Uh, David Collier also in on the action. Um, but Texas Tech uh, will not see the return of offensive line coach Stephen Hamby. Uh, of course, Hamby's been the coach the past two years. Um, there is... Not any information as of now for the reason of the departure or between the sides or anything like that. So the one thing we know is you will be looking for a new offensive line coach and there will be someone else in that role next year as it will not be Stephen Hamby. Of course, the offensive yep. line. Tough deal. Um, I'm not you know, suggesting anything here, but the offensive line has been something of an issue that you've been trying to improve. Um, tried to get older through the portal the past couple of years while adding in youth and building them up and getting them better. So um, you'll be in a some sort of transition now, even with the guys that you're bringing in through the portal and those same guys you were trying to age up and get better as you try to improve that unit. Yep, some new faces there, and you're exactly right. It's a good way to say it, sort of age up you know, developmental situation with a bunch of those guys that were early to, uh, that were early signees of, you know, Coach Joey's. And, uh, yeah, here we go. Hopefully, hopefully that's what everybody wanted. I hate it for Hamby, but, uh, yeah, it's tough business. Business. Keyword yeah, there. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he will be the <laughs> – pulled the rug this weekend – uh, everything was pointing to him being the offensive coordinator for the Raiders. One person in this studio rejoices that it's with a different team, for sure. <laughs> uh, he will be with the Washington Commanders. Same role. He'll join Dan Quinn over there in that staff as the offensive coordinator. Contract talks uh, started to break down late Friday night and into Saturday. We got the news that it would not be with the Raiders. Um, and instead... Goes with another defensive coach, which I think is interesting and probably something he, I would guess, would be looking for um, and and probably didn't want to go like, okay, well, yeah, he's going to be the offensive coordinator, but he's going to an offensive coach that's going to have a lot of input or, you know, maybe more of the input. And so even with if it would have been with uh, the Raiders and it would have been with Antonio Pierce over there, it would have been the same, I guess, situation as far as him having control of the offense, you know, not same situation mm -hmm. for contract talks or anything like that, but the same thought process of he's going to a place where the offense is his. He's going 
to a place that has a defensive-minded coach that will hand him the reins with that. Um, and it's going to the commanders instead. Well, so he go. will be in the same division as the Cowboys. So where I rejoice that Might be tough he, on some don't folks. have to. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say where I rejoice and uh, was excited that you won't be there with my beloved Chiefs two times a year rooting against him. Uh, on the other side of that coin are even more, I would guess, Dallas Cowboy, <laughs> Texas Tech fans going, right. oh, come on. Man. Oh, man, here we tough go. Deal. Yeah. Uh, for Red Raider basketball, uh, as we've talked about, not the results you wanted over the weekend. You lose to Cincinnati 75-72 to uh, at home. Took a one-point lead late in the game and with a step back three from Pop Isaacs. And what seemed like a clutch shot would be answered by an even more clutch shot from one Seamus Lukosius for the Bearcats, who was nails down the stretch and was tough to stop. Um, and then, as we talked about, that final shot doesn't go your way, um, and you lose back-to-back games, looking to bounce back tomorrow on the road against a ranked Baylor team. You do stay in the AP Top 25, though. Some wonderings if you would stay in that uh, Top 25 ranking. You do. You come in at 23 today. Um, So there's some good news there for you. Talked about the AP being sticky. Yeah, no doubt. Net ranking. I think when I looked yesterday, there was four teams in a row. Yeah, Cincinnati, Texas, OU Tech. 30, 31, 32, 33. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh. For the ladies' side, not much better. Uh, Cincinnati wins at home 74-56. to uh, First and fourth quarters really got you here because uh, you were outscored 20-9 to from the jump. But you do claw back, and this was 50-49, to I believe, going into the fourth quarter, um, and they used a 14 14- uh, point run to really run away from this in the final quarter, and you lose 24-7 to against the Cincinnati team that honestly has not been that great in Big 12 play. Felt like a good opportunity on the road, but once again, the road was not kind yeah. to the Lady Raiders. Yeah, that feels like missed opportunities with that one and the one in Provo. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they uh... – yeah, and, and again, we're just talking about that in terms of when you look at that schedule and you see games in Austin and Waco and – some of those other environments are probably going to be a little more challenging than Provo and Cincinnati. Right, because, I mean, this wasn't a a resume-building game. It was a resume-tarnishing game. Like, if you if you did go in there and beat the Bearcats, it was going to be great, you know, to what move to 6-4 and four instead of fall back to 5-5. Five and five. But it, it's not one like the committees are looking at, oh, man, they beat the, they beat the Bearcats. Instead, I was like, oh. Right, they lost to the Bearcats, and so that RPI that, looming yeah. down there in the seventies. That's just yeah, it's an opportunity missed. Uh, and there are your headlines. Hit us up on the Eights Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, all of that. Welcome there. We got this um, <laughs> uh, from Bobby Hot Dogs for the ER list. We went over a little bit ago. What is this? Tales from Kansas. <laughs> They did not designate a state, so uh, Gary, <laughs> Gary with a great dad joke here. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. It was in the back seat of a car on the way to the ER. Oh my god! Yeah, like so. The it's chicken bizarre, was in man. the car when this man goes to the, or 
person goes to the emergency room. We didn't even ask why was the chicken in the car in the first right. place. Yeah, and and then you know I guess it's I guess it was a very thoughtful uh, act for him not to uh, you know want to leave him in the car, right? So like you don't want to leave kids in the car, pets in the car. Maybe, you know about that. Have you seen How about like, that? Have you seen like where where they'll they'll leave a, a dog in the car, right? Mm. But yeah. they'll but they'll leave the AC running, mm-hmm. and still people yeah. have been fooled because they just see a dog in the car <laughs> and they don't look around or anything. What do they do? They just break the window, right? right? And so people will put up a note like, "Don't worry, the air conditioning's on." And if they're like real, 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 just like really, really, just that dog is their baby. Like they'll maybe even like put on his like, I don't know, a, a, a song that soothes him, or like put on a show if they have it. You know, a screen, and they'll put that on the note, right? Like he he has air conditioning, he can breathe, and he's listening to the Beach Boys. It's his favorite. Could you imagine walking up on a car and having that note with a chicken? <laughs> yeah. He's listening to Old McDonald on repeat. Don't worry, a bok bok here, bok bok there. He's fine. Why was the chicken in the car? Uh, T Money says shop vac guy, probably the same guy that does the diaper spa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Radiation Station says Nate Bargatze has a great bit about being bit by a snake and having to get it together and catch the snake. He's like, who told you um, that's what you're supposed to do? The snake? Whose side are you on? I like Nate Bargatze. I have something to go look up later. Yeah. I'm in. I agree. Speaking of SNL hosts. Funny dude. Yeah, that's right. I enjoyed his. Yeah, I did too. Uh, This... On the chat line, the men's game was disappointing, but what the heck happened to the women? That's the kind of game that will not help in the tournament chances. I mean, yeah, totally agree. It, it, that was uh, as much work as you as you needed to do. And that opportunity still in front of you. It's just, I mean, you've got to sneak a couple wins that I think will surprise, will surprise us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's, yeah, I mean... Especially and I hope you as do that. NCAA tournament resume yeah. goes. I mean, there's, yeah, they're they're gonna have to go on a heater now, and that's that's a tough deal, and that's gonna include a bunch of road wins, and that just those have been hard to come by. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I guess I, I didn't know I needed uh, to be on this train today, but I'm I'm glad I'm aboard. You liking the the uh, new? Was I, I mean, are you liking the, you digging the new edition thing or just the Bobby Brown thing? What Probably you, the just, new Jack Swing. There you go. Oh. I, I didn't know that. That I I did not know. That was the name of that music style until yeah. I just Wikipedia Bobby Brown to see that he was for sure alive. And yeah, he is. Because Wikipedia is what you trust, right? Well, that's the one you should uh, alive unless put your faith in too. Yeah. No, I was the, just I was just wrong. I I don't know why. It could be in the in the clink right now. It could be a lot of <laughs> rehab. Who knows? But <laughs> where in the world is Bobby Brown? Uh this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Um, for what started this Bobby Brown kick, uh, Robert said, I still have that song on my playlist. Nice. Let's go to, I believe we have a double dip play of the day, correct? 
So plays of the day. Here's Brady, and Brady for the moment avoids the sack. Slips away. He's going to launch it deep. And it's going to be intercepted by Chase Blackburn. The linebacker is all the way down the field. That play is over at the eight-yard line. But you got Brady throwing it all the way down the field. You had Gronkowski. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. I know we touched on this a couple oh. segments back, but with the Super Bowl being six days away, it's only fitting that we recap some anniversaries as the first one was a highlight from Super Bowl 46, the sequel, so to speak, between Eli and Brady. And the second highlight was the James White touchdown to finish out, deliver the final blow to the Atlanta Falcons for the 28-3 game. Is, is it still wild to you guys cuz it cuz it is to me that like the the Super Bowl Tom Brady killer was Eli Manning. Now, oh, I now I get it. Like it was you could you could say well really it was like the Giants defensive line um and, and you, you, I think you should look at that first but still the the quarterback that took down Tom Brady twice in the biggest game of the NFL was Eli Manning. Right. And <laughs> so, this is ridiculous when I think about it. As a Cowboys one. fan, it makes me sick because the say, two that, quarterbacks that yeah. took Tom Brady down were from NFC East teams. And that that yeah. typically irks my Cowboy friends because there were, you know, in the years in between there when uh when the Giants were pretty lame. And then and then they'd cycle back up and go win a win a when the the big deal with with him shooting down <laughs> with Eli shooting down uh uh Brady and then you know two years later getting sacked 14 times and throwing four picks or whatever against the Cowboy and they're like this is the guy right the, this, how, this how is the read? guy that looked like one of the like his two playoff right. runs especially that what the first one um where where he gets a couple rings just look like this is this is the best quarterback in the NFL Eli Manning Cannot miss. Right. He can do no wrong. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the, I guess to your point, too, what's more ridiculous if you didn't watch any of the Super Bowls or really any of the playoffs and you just watched regular seasons and I went and told you, okay, Eli Manning has two Super Bowl wins over Tom Brady or, or Nick Foles has a Super Bowl yeah. win over Tom Brady. That's what we love about sports, right? Yeah. <laughs> to kind of add insult to injury there, to kind of add insult to injury there is that Cowboys didn't beat Tom Brady throughout his entire career until that wild card playoff game before he retired. Oh, wow. And he was and, way past his prime. Yeah. He was just, he said, the first time I get beat by the Cowboys, I'm done. I'm done yeah. for real. I'm not going to be done and then come back. I'm not going to have to like return. Uh, a bottle of wine that maybe or maybe not a, a Peyton Manning had sent me in honor of my retirement and then asked for it back. <laughs> you know, a funny story. There's a there's an old line in, in St. Louis Cardinals lore about Bob Gibson, of course, great pitcher in the sixties and seventies, and in his very last game he gave up a home run ball to a if Chuck Hines is listening, he'll remember this name, but Pete <laughs> Lecoq. Pete Lecoq was sort of a spare major leaguer. You know, kind of a bench guy, platoon guy, whatever. Are we sure that's not an SNL character? Actually, Pete Lecoq's stepfather was the uh, like the longtime TV host of like not Wheel of Fortune, but one of those one of those game shows. Peter Marshall, 
you might remember Peter Marshall. That was his stepfather. Anyway, um, I think that's right. But Pete Lecoq hits, hits a three-run tank or a grand slam or whatever whatever it was off of Bob Gibson, and supposedly they asked him, like, hey, Bob, when did you know it was time for you to retire? And he went, when I gave up home run to Pete Lecoq. <laughs> and so that's sort of what you just said. Like, the, and I'm playing off of what you just said, which was – Hey Brady, when did you know it was time to retire? When we lost to the Cowboys, you know. Yeah, uh, that's funny. A too soon for that. But yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Squares. There you go. Yeah. There you go. From '66 yeah. to 1981. Well, yep. Just, just learning right. all sorts of stuff today, Gus. Yep. And then, and then Hines. And usually, you bring up old 19, you know, 70s and 80s Kansas City sports figures, and Chuck, especially once you get in the 80s, Chuck can tell you stories about covering them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I went down to the dugout one time and, you know, whatever. There was Lecoq Le- sitting right there. Pete Lecoq e- walking around. Cup his, on his head pretending it was a hat. Right. Trying Pete Lecoq walking around in a jock strap. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Cliff should be a quarterback's coach, not an OC. In the four years he was with Arizona, his offense ranked 16th, 13th, and 11th, and then 21st in the league. But as a Cowboys fan, I think that's good news. He is their OC instead of the QB's coach. Uh, it will be interesting in a lot of a lot of, a lot lot of of different things in this situation that I'm interested about. One is you are starting off offensively in a pretty bad spot. Um, I'm curious where they go with the quarterback. Right and and do they take just like Drake May second, or do they make a move to get Caleb Williams? You know what 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 is that story going to be like here in a couple months when we get into NFL draft territory? And then you know how how much better because I, I've seen this. Hey, there's my guy. That's very Easy. exciting. Take a deep he's breath, right fellow. That's he's right. older get than I would have guessed. Oh, yeah, he's. Mitchell has been I there. Thought for, he was a forever. He sounds like a spring chicken. Yeah, that's that's the mark of a great play-by-play guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know how how much better can it be? You know, not having to do everything that a head coach has to do. Because um, like I said, with Quinn, and this is going to be the same thing if he were to be at the Raiders with with Pierce. It's going to be like let you fly or fail on your own over there. But to the like the Texters point, I've seen a lot of NFL I maybe NFL hate is too strong but some bashing of this hire and like he hasn't earned it or or it's not going to be like they don't understand why an NFL team would be interested in him and what what I don't understand is like their shock that not just one team would be after him but quite a few would be interested with, with all of the quarterbacks that he's worked with from collegiate to the NFL level, um, like there are a lot of players, and I get the collegiate level, and maybe this is to to the Texter's point about being a, a QB's coach, like the the offense and the, the offensive mind part is what is so attractive about Cliff Kingsbury, right? And, and mm-hmm. the upside of what it can be and uh, the creative part of uh, – you know, no, no one is looking, and, and maybe this is what's happening, where you're looking at some of the overall records and going, well, he can't be an offensive coordinator. Well, no, I, I think the head coaching thing is what we're figuring out and have learned isn't going to go well. And, and I don't think 
I, at this point, it's hard to say it ever would go well. Maybe he takes off in this role, right? Um, I, I'm sure Cowboys fans, again, if you're Cowboys Red Raider mix, have mixed feelings because you're rooting for him, right? But at the mm-hmm. same time, you don't want the commanders to take over that division. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, you know, if he if it does go as well as possible and in a couple of years we're back to seeing like, well, maybe he's back on the uh, head coaching right. Uh, block and head coaching conversation. Um, I'm less surprised by the offensive coordinator deal than I was the head coaching thing, you know, yeah. for whatever years ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he clearly went all in with Kyler Murray and you know and, and sank with that ship. Unfortunately, watch film. Stop playing Call of Duty. Oh my gosh! So I mean, I you had to work that in your contract. I mean, you had to you work think about, that in your contract. Think about his career. I mean, what what's that dude gonna be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I uh, let's see. We'll see what it looks like next year when he's healthier. But I mean, you can be physically healthy and still not have it mentally and above the shoulders, which didn't help. It's Tech Talk on Double T ninety seven three. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Keep hitting us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions from the weekend. All that welcome there. Uh, you can also call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline. That number is 806-771-09. Seven three, the majestic voice you'll hear is Ben Pornin. He'll welcome you in over there. Clint Scott, Doctor Mike Gustafson, hanging out with you. Hour and a half more with us as we take you up to six o'clock. Um, we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line as well. Uh, for Cliff Kingsbury, with Cliff being OC for Washington, Stephen A. Smith criticized him as the offense has never really accomplished anything. How would you rate Cliff's OC skills? Well, I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's what he does best. I mean, of, of all of his assets, that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So many, so many industry people, you know, coaches, people who coach against him, credit him for being really innovative with this play calling and that sort of thing, which is, you know, which is, I mean, if I'm not having to defend him, all I do is sit up there and watch and, you know, see results. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, it sure is interesting to hear how industry people, you know, coaches and people in the game t- talk about him, like, you know, being hard to, hard to coach against. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's uh, so I, you know, I, I would assume the OC thing is what he's best suited for. Um, uh, at least at this point in his career. I mean, everybody sort of I mean I think we were all I guess if you're a fan of his pleasantly surprised for him that he sort of jumped the line to uh NFL head coach after mm-hmm. being let go here you know but it was one of the weirdest yes. especially from an outsider like an outside point of view one of the weirdest coaching changes right. and coaching trajectories you will ever see and if 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 you were in that time, seeing that hire, like, scratching your head, I don't think anyone would have been like, oh, why don't you get this? Because how many times do you see that a, a coach 
I mean, be one at a school for as long as he was. And I get that that is a special condition because, I mean, he is a Texas Tech guy, which gave him a longer leash. Um, but then you finally see that uh, separation and then go all the way up to an NFL head coaching gig. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. Um, and so, like, the the head-scratching part of that totally get and would understand that reaction um but you're in that circle and you shouldn't be a i mean i mean if you're a if you're a cliff fan or if you're mm-hmm. cliff kingsbury you're not apologizing for anything right i mean you didn't hire oh, you no. right you you didn't hire you you're not the one uh that's coming to you you're not bringing your self-contract right. <laughs> options um and so the 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 bashing of it though because like I said, like the texture pointed out Stephen A. Smith. I was telling you about like a, a Damon Amandalara thing I was watching, calling him like counterfeit Cliff. Um, I don't understand why that's getting bashed. And like the Steelers, who just went through a horrible offensive year, who just took Arthur Smith, who the biggest complaint was him wasting high-end young talent with the Falcons. Like, that's targeting with Cliff Kingsbury, but not like the Arthur Smith one. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't make sense that um, it's not both sides. I don't I don't understand if, you know, is this just the easier one for some reason uh, to go after? Because I guess Cliff's name has been thrown out so much and, and is, I don't know, maybe a – a more recognizable face because who cares about the Falcons? I, I don't know. I don't understand where the disconnect is between that. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to work out for sure with the commanders. Cause I think that is an uphill climb um, because one, you've attached yourself to just a, a bad football team, even just being ahead of the, op- of the offense and just being the coordinator, you are a designated scapegoat. Oh, sure. Right. Um, when you join a bad team as a coordinator in the NFL, you are, if it goes wrong in year two, you're probably the first to be let go, right? Um, and so I will say if it doesn't work out here with the commanders, I mean, I guess he keeps on, you know, in, in a good way, has an option. He's certainly going to have an option somewhere, but as as the conversation of waiting to see would he be an offensive coordinator in the NFL? Because again, this seems like this is the dreamed up scenario where you just have to be in charge of the offense. You don't have to be a head coach. You're not recruiting on the college level. You don't have to deal with any of that. Um, Again, with the NFL, you don't have to deal with all of the decision-making you are in control of the offense of, it doesn't matter, you know, to on the other side, if it is a worse team in the NFL or a better team, you're in charge of the offense of some of the best players in the world, like the elite football players. There's only so many that can make the NFL. Um, it, and it will be interesting, too, if you do see the move. And even though it's the offensive coordinator and it's not the head coach part, like as much as he was attached to Kyler Murray, right, mm-hmm. for that move, if it does get to Caleb Williams, then how much he would be associated, like, to the hip with that situation. No doubt. No doubt. And uh yeah, it's, it's sort of a do-over in that respect. And um yeah, I mean, you know, and the, and the Murray thing's so fascinating cuz how far were they into was he 2 years into his career when when the the thing that floated was the uh 
you know, the, the contract extension and the big raise, but like a, a, a mandated study time preparation. Like I think that is ye- post year three. Yeah. Okay. Because it, because it was getting into where you were closer to the end or closer to the, the, uh, yeah, the end of his rookie contract contract, when it would be the first, you know, big one. And, and that, the way that that got like, that got snuck out too. Right. It was, yeah. And that wasn't supposed to get out. Yes. And, 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 and the thing is, is by leaking, it's sort of like lawyers in a trial saying stuff that they know is going to get struck. Jurors disregard that, but it's hard to, it's hard for jurors to disregard if they just heard it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it can't be the deciding factor, but it's 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 a ploy. You know, however that got thrown in there. Oh yeah, we'll pull that back. But the the uh, the optics are. Wait, did the Cardinals just mandate study time for their starting quarterback? What is that all about? Mm-hmm. Oh, they brought it back. Oh, nothing to see here. Hmm. You, no. you guys weren't supposed to know that. Oh, but it was supposed to be in the contract. Like right. that was that was the whole point of it. Right. And 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 then the you know and the, and the Cardinals were stuck with that one in a in a way that like like the Cowboy fans get loud about Dak and that's fine. That's but like if if you talk about a team that's stuck with a deal, mm-hmm. oof, you know because the, the Cowboys it, it's just a conversation we had a while back. The Cowboys are. 12 win team that's, you know, hadn't, hadn't punched the thing in on the playoff side. Would you rather have that or Kyler well, Murray that you're having me, to go give now? Me Kyler, the we're going to Cowboys situation 10 out of 10 times. Kyler, Garrett. we're going to need you to study today from two to four. Mm-hmm. And you add in, I mean, health worries. Right. Um, and then and, legit, and, he pops yeah. his ACL and that maybe that's his, maybe he conditions well, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But just re- reputation wise, do you, Think about Kyler Murray. Go, oh no, that dude's in there crushing it on the conditioning and the preparation. No, and then like, how do you play under fan scrutiny and media scrutiny? Because like right now, I mean, that's what it wasn't a good thing. Like you didn't have like fans like, oh, he's just like me. I play Call of Duty. <laughs> like <laughs> that wasn't their reaction. So like, it like can can you avoid? One, can you can you mature? Can you grow as a leader? Can you be that dude in the huddle that has everything locked down? Or will you lean into being a head case and being fragile and being something easily broken mentally, which of all the positions to not have that, quarterback is kind of the most important. Right. Yeah. We'll see how it all works out. It's going to be a fun ride. I'll say that. It's going to oh, be entertaining. Yeah. Absolutely. It's be entertaining. I'm happy for Cliff, too. Yeah, absolutely. podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Poorman behind the glass taking care of us. We got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Jordan. Wasn't one of those Super Bowl Giants teams. Uh, didn't they lose every home game uh, in a season? So the 2011 Giants team, which was really in retrospect the funnier one that won because they were 9-7 and seven okay. in the regular season. They were 4-4 uh, four and four at home. 
and also included a four-game losing skid. Uh, let's see. Two of those were teams that they would see in the playoffs losing to San Francisco, which is who they won the NFC Conference Championship uh, game against. And then the game before that in the divisional round, they had lost to Green Bay at home, beat Green Bay on the road in the playoffs. Mm. So just, just a very, very funny Super Bowl team to think about. Unless you're a Cowboys fan again and don't want to think about any sort of giant success. But just the, the optics of like that is the team. Yeah. That's the team that, that beat Tom Brady. Brady. And, yeah. yeah, no doubt. Goodness. Uh, Gus. How does it feel being the hippest dude on tech radio? Uh, okay. Uh, I don't, what are we attributing that? Is it just uh, you're, you're, I'm just being anointed. General aura. I mean, I I second it. Well, <laughs> you have a vote over here, dude. Poor. I mean, I'm flattered. I don't know what to what to say. <laughs> Although you do apparently have competition. Somebody responds. What about Chuck? I agree. I vote you. You my vote far and away. Uh, I did enjoy a uh, evening at the Blue Light the other day. See some live music. It was mm-hmm. good. You want to hear about all my thoughts about Blue Light and who needs to play there next? Or are you good? I'm I'm good. Let's uh, <laughs> let's find out what's going on. Yeah, shall exactly. We? <laughs> uh, Gus, have you ever been to an ER for any reason? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, you made it though. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. I think I've been to the emergency room twice. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, and the obviously I made it through as well. So yeah, and that's the, good. Those are the those are the doctors and nurses. If you think about the nature of that work, like you know, bullets and all all the real oh. stuff. Oh, you like know. yeah, the the real real. Right. This person can skip me. I know I'm in the emergency room, but right. Not that you're making that decision. Ben, have you been to the emergency room? Fortunately, no. But I did work at a hospital for two years. Oh, really? I took patients either admitting them to the observation unit or they would be discharged on their own. Mm-hmm. So I never, I personally have never been to the ER before, but I did circle around those yeah. halls well, quite you, a few times. So you might have, uh, you know, s- something to really add on to this list that I have for you guys today. Um, a conversation has been going around for the strangest and weirdest things they've seen patients bring into them, <laughs> bring into the ER with them. All right, I'll, I'll go through some of the highlights, see what you guys think. The first one is just that they've clumped together uh, a lot of things into one because they're all in a similar uh, a similar story. just says lots of animals. So like a turtle is on this. Someone's brought a rabbit, a helper monkey, a flying squirrel, an emotional support duck, which not knocking support animals, but an emotional support duck seems a little ridiculous. Uh, and a live chicken because they didn't want to leave it in their hot car. So oh. first thing on the- <laughs> oh. Well, Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck. <laughs> why was the chick yeah. Why was the chicken with you in the first place? Yeah. And I, I, I do understand like not wanting to leave it in your car. Not because of the like, oh well, do I leave the air conditioning on for him? Like if that thing like is going to the bathroom in the back seat or something. And you can't control that. You can't train a chicken, right? 
If you've trained a chicken, let me know. I'll be very impressed. Uh, the second thing on this list, speaking of chicken, is a half-eaten raw chicken. Oh. <laughs> the guy wanted, oh. the guy wanted them to test it to see if it was raw. What did your, <laughs> your cat drag that in or what? It's just like, which is like, yeah, like, eat, did you eat half of it? And then you were like, what? this is awfully pink. I know I like my chicken medium rare, but this seems a little bit too much. <laughs> How about uh, their own thermometer? The reason was so when the nurse took their temperature, they could double check to see if theirs worked. I, think I can get behind that. See if, see if yours reads the same. Uh, how about a suitcase full of French toast, Gus? This is fourth on this list. Okay. No syrup, no butter, just French toast. French toast on the go. Uh, a half-eaten can of beans. You might just head like, hey, yeah, come on in, Clint. Uh, just take him up to the psych ward. <laughs> From the doctor. Sadly. No, yeah. Sorry, we have to, to leave behind this suitcase of French toast. I will not let you know if it will still be here. The suitcase will be... Would you eat? Would you eat French toast offered out of a briefcase? Probably not. No. Okay. No. Probably maybe, so. maybe if it was like froze, like it had just you know, if it was still frozen, then I go okay, all right, we can, that that can still be prepared. <laughs> but yeah, if it, if you were serving it up from there, probably not. Uh, a half-eaten can That's, of beans, Gus, because the patient wanted to finish them. Just just leave it, dude. Uh, again, probably more of these things are. They're amusing, but there's probably like genuine sadness attached to this. Like, yeah, he's off his meds, mm. you know. Or we choose not to focus on the sadness like, here. Ugh, mercy. Uh, how about an onion that just fell out of the patient's pocket? I don't know why that was there. Uh, here, here's one of my favorite ones on here. A guy brought in a snake. Okay, he brought in the snake that bit him. <laughs> I, but I thought you well. I thought you're supposed to do that if you get bit. right. I've heard so like uh, maybe I, I've had friends that have gone on like mission trips and they've talked about this. Like if depending on the country you go to, if you go to a place that has a lot of venomous snakes, that's something they tell you. I wouldn't be able to do this, dude. No, if I got bit by a snake, the, just leave it. You'd need the CPR more than the the defibrillator for the heart attack. The po- it's not poisonous, Gus. You can stop. It's like yeah, you, I'd be over there flailing and speaking in tongues and yeah, well, I'm like, last rites and all the things. I, I, I've, I've never tried to to catch a snake before. I do not want the first time me being flustered because mm. chances are, I, I would venture to guess you didn't know that snake was there. And you know what? If you did get bit by it and you knew it was there, you're probably messing around with it. You shouldn't be, but. I would venture to guess, Gus, if if 95% of the people that have been bit by snakes didn't know the snake was there until you were in range of being bit. And now you're like, I'm not going to be calm during that. I'm not going to be calm enough to suddenly, one, remember like, oh, yeah, I need to catch this thing that just bit me and just sent me to the hospital. Right. My arm is swelling. No, I know. But I've, I've heard that before. I just right, don't yeah, think I absolutely. could do it. I just don't think no, I'd be able to do it. I uh, Yeah, that's... that's oof. Uh, and last but not least, a guy came in with a vacuum, the vacuum end of a shop vac, in a very sensitive area. Oh. He claimed, they say claimed, he was trying to remove a kidney stone. Oh my God. There <laughs> uh, you go. Uh, oh, dang. That was a... Uh, 
I have so many questions. I wish they would have went more in depth on the reasoning for some of these. I know that they're in the ER and they probably have other things, but how do you like sneak that like, like hey, just you working on like, hey, why do you have the the, you, the you, shop vac here? Like for real? Yeah, on this segment last week, you did the uh, the Pizza Hut that accidentally had the circumcision thing in there. Mm-hmm. Unforeseen circumcisions. Yeah. Michael Che and uh, what's his name on uh, Saturday Night Live, the news deal. You know, they spoof that one. But they they did that and then you know wrote their punchline off of it. So. Uh, yeah. Classic, dude. So funny. I giggle. I was like, "Hey, Clint talked about that the other day." I wish I would have been witty enough to say what they said. I just, I don't understand how that made it to the door. You didn't even. I get, I get spell check. Unforeseen circumstances. Like autocorrect gets everybody, but read the note if you're going to put it on a business door. Yeah, or have anyone else read it. Oh my goodness. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk. The high school fan zone over on 100.7 score. Coronado at 6, Estacado 620, Lubbock High 640, Monterey at 7 o'clock as they join Garrett Left here in the first United Bank studio. If you're looking for some big Monday action from the Big 12, we'll have it at 745 over on 100.7 The Score. And it is the Sunflower Showdown, a little rivalry action, KU at Kansas State. Uh, Of course, the Jayhawks coming off a big win uh, over the weekend against Houston, Kansas State has been reeling of late. They just lost. I joked saying, you know, as bad as it's been, if they lose at Oklahoma State, that'll be a totally different feel. They do. But on the other side, if if Kansas State finds a way to win tonight and upset your rival, things will feel a lot better, a lot quicker. Uh, we'll see what happens. You can hear that game on 100.7. I, the I score. would love to see Kansas win that. I legit would. Well, I didn't even tell him to click that. He didn't. Um the you know that's uh that is an interesting matchup uh given where both programs are at this point in time uh you know Kansas is so used to you know facing that sort of thing think about it uh seven days from now we'll be doing the same thing prepping ourselves for a big Monday eight o'clock game against Mm -hmm. the Jayhawks Uh, I think the Jayhawks have four of those this year which would give you a pretty good indication about who you know the media rights partners view as the uh, most, uh, you know, whatever most, draw, yeah, yeah the biggest draw, draw whatever. Sure, uh, and and that makes total sense in hoops. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know big big Monday comes to Lubbock this time next week, and uh, that'll that'll be and it's, and it's, it's going to be a fun one. Hooks. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. And both, both teams on a short turnaround, obviously. And is yeah, and as again as you try to bounce back from back-to-back losses it's it's going to be tough and we'll we'll get plenty into the game tomorrow as you go to Baylor um I mean UCF I think if you were to pin and again this this changes especially for Big 12 basketball because you just don't know and and when you're looking at this year and you had four new teams hey what was everybody going to look like in conference play UCF does feel a little bit like it could be a trap game right now mm-hmm. because you're you're 
facing a, a Baylor team that's super talented. They've got a couple of guys who are, depending on where you're looking, mock draft freshmen who have played really well. And by the way, since Big 12 play has started, those aren't even the three guys that have been doing most of the scoring. It's been the older guys like the Ray J. Dennis and, and uh, guys like that. They're, they're in their starting five, and they've just started to really pick it up. They went through that three-game skid, um, and now they've started to look a whole lot better and a whole lot closer um, to what I think people expected of them. So you get to go deal with that tomorrow, and then you have a UCF game that feels like, okay, well, you really need to get that one, especially after losing to Cincinnati. You really need to get UCF at home. Who's been better than expected? And then on the other side, you know, regardless if they have looked worse on the road or at home, which the Jayhawks have, um, it's still a big matchup, and it sure. is a home game that whenever the conversation was, oh, well, I mean, you have space to drop a home game, it, it was more looking at a game like that and not Cincinnati. Sure. Um, and so I, I think that is very, very uh, – it, yeah. it, could, it could be a trip up. I don't think it will be. I feel confident. You got to get through Baylor before we even focus on oh, UCF. Sure. And I'm not saying, I mean, it's not like they're sitting in there going like, "All right, guys, forget about Baylor. Let's drop the game no, plan no. for the Knights." Yeah, um, that, that's that's just us talking there. But yeah, that you know that that Cincinnati game was so. It's just so hard to think about it. And that you know, you you and I played this exercise right out of the shoot here at three o'clock. But if if we had talked about you know, that game, because because of the disparity in rebounding going in and just how stinking big Cincinnati is, if we had talked about, all right, you're going to be within four of them in rebounding, would mm-hmm. you have taken it? Yeah, probably. You're going to shoot more free throws. You're going to make more than they attempt. Do you want that? Yep. Turnovers, even. You good with that? Yep. Uh, offensive rebounds, which – you know, and I had a text in my group text going, they're killing us on the offensive boards. And I'm not arguing with it. They kept so many balls alive. You know, that that was the thing. So, you know, just wingspan galore on that deal. Big I mean, dudes. And so even big, if, long, and that's what yeah, that's what you teach. If you can't up, if you can't yes. get it, launch it back and uh, tip to it the perimeter. Up. Get it to a guard. Right. And find it a felt, way. And it Keep felt it alive. grueling to us. All yeah. right. Their offensive rebounds, 17. Our offensive rebounds, 16. So now, 17 is a big number, but so mm-hmm. you don't take solace in that, but you go, oh, so there's not a big disparity. Yeah, you, you don't feel good about allowing the 17, but as far as keeping it even, right. and especially in the second half, that's what allowed you to, to stay in the game and, and mm-hmm. be in the game right. was your own offensive rebound. Part of it was your own offensive rebound. Yeah, and our, you know us, 19 for 24 from line, pretty good night. Them, 10 for 10, pretty good afternoon, actually. But uh, <laughs> the, the, but again, points in the paint. You think all those big dudes, Tech 30, Cincinnati 28. Second chance points, and now you're thinking, okay, all right, Gus, we're cutting through all the stats Second chance points. How many times did they get a hand on a ball, tip it out, blah, 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 get another position? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you won that column 17 to 13. You know, which, again, all of this to say, if we had told you all that ahead of time and laid it all out, would, all right, Clint, do you like your chances? I, I just felt, gave you the statistical yeah. profile of the game. Uh-huh. We would all probably go, you know what? I think I will take that. Especially after you watch that team take the floor and you're like, good Lord. Many big dudes. Oh, wait, look, there. Hey, look, another 6'10 guy off the bench to sub in for the other one. Oh, and mm-hmm. by the way, Warren Washington's 
not coming out after the you know from the second half deal because he's in there hooked up on IV. Lamar Washington in the building, you know, like all of that stuff stacked up, and then. You know, here we are in the last 30 seconds. You know, guy curls off a little, whatever, a little elbow jumper, hits it, and we go down and miss a shot that Pop takes a lot. Those little runners, you know, mm-hmm. little, what, 12-footer. I mean, what, that that and, was a shot that was very reminiscent of the Northern Iowa shot from right, earlier this year. Like, that's... Right. And, and, and and really, so I, I had I had no I had no issue with with that possession. No. It just didn't didn't work you out. He was going to his right to his shooting hand. I mean, a lot of those mm-hmm. things were right. And one of the things that was difficult to do the other other day, I keep saying night, but five o'clock game, but the other day against those guys was, you know, just and and they did a good job of drawing fouls. I thought the, the Red Raiders did off of sort of a handsy physical something Cincinnati else that team. You, you started to do in the yes. second half. That's something we talked about. Um, that's a big physical team. You have to take advantage of that, mm-hmm. and they did in the second half, and paired that with offensive rebounding. That's something else, and that's something McCaslin, uh pointed out too. Like that, this is how we were in striking distance in the second half. This is how we yeah. kept ourselves afloat and got, I mean, back into that zone where we were, where we had a chance to win the game. Now it doesn't go your way, um, but it, it it was the the other side of it is. Like you, you've been in and at home already. It feels like <laughs> it's like a Slug game fest. after game after game outside of Oklahoma State. Right. And one of these wasn't going to go your way. And yeah, that's exactly right. How many games come to the last position? You're going to win them. But our free throw shooting second half, twelve for thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's just just what you're saying that the tough matchup. And I I I felt like I walked away from there, especially as you consider it and knowing about the sickness and all that stuff. Feel like. Man, you know those dudes are playing their butts off, like effort-wise. They're getting after it, and and McCaslin's finding a way. Like they're they're staying in these games where they're outmanned. I mean, just outmanned. You know, shorter bench and tired dudes, and they're hanging in these games. What a what a blast it's been to watch. This has been the Tech Talk podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double T ninety seven three dot com.